All right, welcome in HFL Pod, episode ten, I think, week six in review. Sitting here with the usual suspects, the commission. Yes, sir. The Mambo. What's up? And special guest extraordinaire, man of the hour, wearing his Honolulu blue and silver gladiators shirt, Uncle Mike the Benzers. Honor to be here, Trev. Honor to be on the HFL podcast. I like it. Um, Always nice to have the defending champ. Oh, oh, man, the defending champ. That's right. For for a repeat this year. You're in the playoff picture right now. I know. Out ahead of the central. Good, good team. I mean, I deserve the loss to the uh, big dogs, aka one of the Hall Linden, Linden Halls. But then I did uh, play a goose egg in uh, week five and lost to the Mumble. Unbelievable. Oh, they're tough competitors. Uh, they show up every week. They'll let you know about it too. They'll let you know. How do you think your season's gone so far? I mean, are you happy? Where do you, where do your strengths lie? You know, just give us give us a brief overview of where you're at. Well, you know, I'm, I'm happy, you know. It looks like the home run to my season so far has been uh, Swift and X-Lion. I can't believe it. Uh, my downfall has been my white boy, Tim Burroughs. Just terrible. It looks like he's coming around for you there. Uh, last week, you know, week five, I uh, should have played him. But last week, he didn't do that good. That's all right. I got Russell Wilson as my backup, so. He's unlimited. Uh, so. <laughs> all right, so you're happy. I'm, I'm happy. I I, I'm, leading the, I'm leading my division, even though I shouldn't, because the big dogs probably got a little edge on team on me, but that don't matter. It's I'm a strong believer. I'm a, I'm a strong believer in your dad's uh, philosophy. All you got to do is a commission's philosophy, just make it to the playoffs. It's got a it. whole new season. Got it. Maybe the pick of the entire draft with Adam Thielen. Oh, the last round. oh, Thielen, yeah. He's uh, he's my best score wide receiver. As an afterthought. He looks like Adam Thielen from his prime in Minnesota. Uh, he's running them underneath routes with no fear, man. Yeah, no fear. With great routes, like you said. Hands like glue. Oh, yeah, he's come on. He's come on after the first week or so. He looks great. He looks great. All right, so week six, uh, game of the week. The Striders just edged the Angels by a point and a half, and that was fun. I don't know. On Monday night, it was fun watching because we were you have Palmer on your team, and I was actively like, throw the damn ball to anybody but Keenan Allen, and he missed Keenan Allen on a couple deep shots. So I was like, thank God my quarterback sucks because if not, I'd be losing right now. It wasn't even that Herbert played good. He just played and gave just a little bit like more to everyone else than Keenan, and we were able to sneak out the win. But it was funny. We were talking and rooting for the same thing. I I, uh, I was watching that game and knowing what was going on. You guys were going back and forth. Also, I was trying to have high score, and I had Dak. So I needed a touchdown. I had Dak. There was a lot going on at the end of that game. But you know what? Justin Herbert is a freaking tough individual. He reminds me of Matt Stafford a lot, that he is going to be out there and playing. He's got a broken finger, not throwing hands, but still, he was taking hits and getting up, and I'm going to tell you what, Justin Herbert is a tough, is a tough, tough dude. And he's a great quarterback. I mean, 
it, it's just about how many times are they going to let him throw it, you know, in the offense for them and stuff like that. But, I mean, to me, I was impressed with his efforts. And that was an awesome game to watch. It was a pretty tough uh, pass rush we had to go against last week. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, they were bringing it. Yeah. All I know is I was on vacation, and uh, it was the only football I watched of the weekend, and I really enjoyed it in the, uh, in the wilds of the Canadian uh, – Forest and uh, I enjoyed it a lot, but I gotta say, uh, they shouldn't even have been there. You know, if I don't shoot myself in the foot playing Russian roulette with the uh, with the quarterbacks, I win by twenty. So uh, you know, uh, it's on me, and I need to do better in the uh, the Russian roulette. It saved me uh, a couple of weeks ago with uh, with your game with UJ when I picked the right or no with Bill when I picked the right one, but I picked the wrong one two weeks in a row. So, but I'm glad my team's good enough that I was still in it. Yeah, uh, it's it's. It's tough when we saw each other this morning. It was a tip of the cap, respect thing, but it, it's tough to score the second most points on a given week and lose. So I was, I was feeling. Now, uh, has Keenan had uh, any more 40-point games or just one? He's been a stud this year. He's been an absolute stud this year. Nice. In fact, he might be the pick of the draft, even though I got ostracized a little bit by uh, – by uh, the ex-mechanics. And, and you're not afraid to say it? No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keenan is averaging 17 points a game. Keenan is averaging a shade over 20. But 15th round versus third round. <laughs> He's a great pick. Don't get me wrong. The pick of the third round for sure. But I'll stick with my Keenan take. So uh, moving on, the Young Guns. Stringing a couple wins together, beating up on uh, Scott's team. He uh, he very uh, quickly has requested a stint on the pod. Okay, because now he's got two wins under his belt. Now he wants to talk. He's got something to say all of a sudden. Imagine that. You got to tell Quattro four wins, not two. <laughs> How about a winning record? <laughs> He's going for his third this week. Again, you, Uncle Mike. Yep. Um, the Mambo put the smackdown on the mass on uh sorry, not the massacres, the bad guys this week. Can I say something? Yeah. It's expected. Okay. Yeah, it's expected. At this point in the season with the way we're playing, and I did wish I would have been a little more active in free agency, but it's expected. So look for more of that. Okay. The title season. The man sitting to my left, the Benzers. Beat the tropics by four, and I just want to point this out. If Steve McGuire doesn't make that trade, he probably wins. Just something to good at. Look at my record against Steve McGuire. What is it? I can. Probably, I think I can, I'm probably eight four or something. I think I'm, I'll double up on it. He's got his number. It's always nice. Uh, and moving on, uh, the hillbillies moved to five hundred, beating Rocky. Just is not looking like Rocky season this year. I don't hate his team. I really don't. Like, look at his bench, and it's just stacked with injured players. But he's just having a tough go of it. Yeah. Let's hope that continues this week. And who's got him? Oh. We'll deal with that in a second. The last game, the big dogs. Stayed on the porch this week as the Patriarchs win their fourth game in a row. 109 to 88. You, You know, say what you want. With, about Jen and her lineup because it's not deep, but she's winning games. Oh, yeah. She had a great draft, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. She's winning games. And 
I don't feel like she's got that team that can put up a bunch of points. Like, I don't think she's going 160. Not many are. I mean, it takes a Mambo-type effort to get that done. But that's not my point. My point is is that winning is all that matters. And it doesn't matter if you like your team or you hate your team. If you're winning every week, then she, they- She's winning without uh, Burroughs throwing to uh, Jamar Chase. Well, Jamar Chase has been great in the past couple weeks. Well, he had 11 this week, and she still won. Yeah. So that's not a good effort. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's just a very even effort there. Yeah. She's and even, good. actually, her bench, nah, not that good. Can I say it? That's my girl. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I like it. She's bucking for the pot at Warren, too. Yeah. Would love to have you on, Jen. Um, just quick standings updates. Um, in the East, it's just an amalgamation of good teams at the top. You got the Angels, the Mambo, and the Patriarchs all at 4-2. and two, And the Tropics trailing behind. But still really good, just a ton of points again at two and four, or uh, points against. Uh, in the central, the big dog or uh, the Benzers are leading the way at four and two. The big dogs at three and three, and Colorado boys down there at one and five. In the west, uh, the Striders are at six and zero. Oh, Hillbillies at three and three, and the Young Guns back from the dead maybe at two and four. He's got Uncle Mike this week, and I think you got some injury and buy issues. I got buy issues, definitely. But if McCaffrey doesn't go, young guns are licking their lips. I just picked up Craig Reynolds, I believe. Come on, Craig. Come on, Craig. Uh, I haven't looked, but uh, Craig Reynolds for 31 bucks, it should have happened. There you go. <laughs> I did notice everybody put in either like 31 or 21 were all the winning bids. So I expect that to go to 32 or 22 next week as we all try and outmaneuver each other. <laughs> and the bad guys at two and four. Uh, you have uh, your um, fantasy pros season rankings. I up. do have the fantasy pros season rankings up, and I'm not happy with them. Updated playoff picture. Oh, it is updated, and I'm not happy with it. Anyways, um, in the cellar. With a less than 1% chance of even making the playoffs, Scott's team. His dad, slightly above him at 11. At 10, they might feel like they're doing better, but Fantasy Pro says not really. Young guns. Um, at 9, bad guys. Don't argue with that. They're up a spot, though, so I don't know how that happened. Uh, number 8, the Flint Tropics. Feels a little more dangerous than that to me, and they say he is. He's got a 7% chance of getting in. Um and then number seven, the Hillbillies, uh, at current record of three and three, with an eleven percent chance. I mean, he's hanging around. Um, and number eight, the Benzers. Oh, they're not giving you a lot of love. Guys are just crashing. You, you dropped two spots. Holy moly! But hey, let me just say something. It might be your girl who did it to you, uh, because you're down two spots, but you still have a forty. Seven percent chance of making it. So I think these next couple teams here are very, very close. So we could just move that up to hundred <laughs> percent. The bench are Oh, I'm sorry. You're at a forty-four percent chance. So then number five also been kicked out of the playoff picture by your girl, uh, the Mambo. Oh, with a forty-seven percent chance of making it. And then in the playoffs, currently according to Fantasy Pros, the Patriarchs at four and two. Up a spot with a 57% chance of getting in. 
Um, twelve percent chance at a title for the ben, or uh, the Patriarchs this year. Oh. Yeah. So in number three, the Big Dogs, current record three and three, um, projected record of eight and six. He jumps three spots. I don't know why. What we lose? Yeah. No idea there. So NFC Jones, no idea. Right. Sixty-one percent chance of getting in. Is that something to do with his division? Because you won too. He was tied for the lead uh, last week. It wasn't the lead last week. Don't know. Yeah, well, and then was, uh, more points than me, so he got a higher oh, ranking. Okay, was, I don't know what they're looking at, but it's hard to say. But then, fantasy pros, yeah, yeah. So, and then in the second spot for the second week in a row, no change at four and two, off a loss, uh, projected record of eight and six. Not great, but still with a parity in our league, I think that's solid. 64% chance of making it. I think that has a lot to do with the fact that you're 3-0 and in league or in division. Um, 15% chance of being a champion, the Angels. And in the number one spot for the second week in a row, the Boondock Striders. Projected record now has been updated to a staggering 11-3. and I mean... Getting by that one, I have a feeling it was an L for you, according to them. So, uh, 99% chance of making the playoffs. No one in his division is even close. He's undefeated. 33% chance of being champion. So, that's it. Kudos to you. You're in a commanding lead. We'll take it. On to next week. Uh, and that moves us to the commission's corner. Commission, what do you got for us today? Well, you know, I don't think this is commission's corner so much as the, the, the state of the league. And, uh, you know, I've seen a new trend. I've gone for a week and uh, I see two emergency podcasts and uh, a, a new form that I just absolutely loved with the, uh, with the press uh, conference. But I got to say, uh, I'm seeing a trend that's a little bit disturbing, but kind of exciting. And that's that, uh, you know, we might have a new villain in the league. You know, forever and ever, it's been the Rocky Mountaineers and everybody likes to get over on them and stuff like that. But now we got somebody that, uh, you know, he's trading people that get hurt all of a sudden really fast. And then he's going about it talking about how he doesn't even have to take them to dinner first before he does them. I mean, I heard that at the end of that podcast, and I'm like, what? That was the boondock field goal. I yeah. So all I know is, uh, you know, uh, we might have a new villain here. Uh, I mean, he, he's been trying to trade Montgomery for how long and talking Montgomery up, and all of a sudden he gets hurt. I'm glad I didn't buy into that, uh, that dark magic that he was offering. But uh, I, there's a trend here. So uh, maybe uh, maybe the Rocky Mountaineers and, and his track talking has been right all along, even though he was on an island. Just saying, where there's smoke, they're firing. It's uh, <laughs> awful smoky. You feel like I'm the villain, Benzers? Uh, well, let's see. Listen, aren't you an owner that your tight cousin Steve McGuire won't even trade with? I haven't heard that. I've traded with Steve before. Huh? Since you became the villain, have you traded with him? I didn't trade with anybody. I became the villain because I'm trading with people, apparently. <laughs> Mambo, thoughts? Um, I've been saying it. I think it's more like other people are realizing it. You sold snake oil. You peddle it. You actively do it. And you're definitely a villain. At 6-0... For never have won a, won a championship to be considered even on the bubble for villain status is kind of uh, disheartening if you're uh, the team formerly known as the Knicks. And by the way, I don't want you to forget where you came from. Or, or there, there might be a new legend in the uh, HFFL, a, a, a 6-0 villain. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, there's definitely some smoke there. I'm with the Angels. I support that claim. There's definitely like uh, like on the snake oil meter, it's ticking up. It's like, but 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 I have a question. How can the villain trade so much when he never makes a firm trade offer? Huh? He's he's the king of if you throw enough of it on the wall, some of it's gonna stick. And that's what he does. And sometimes he gets us at our weak points. He'll be like, oh, I bet they're having a bad day. I'm going to try and get them on this train. I'll t- I'm going to talk down their players for two weeks. And then I- he'll have it on the calendar. I think. It's a long time. It's like, it's like two weeks. And then, all right, it's the 15th day. He's weakened. He, I'm, I got him now. Where, where I'm I'll say this. The worst trade offer I've sent or received came from the man calling me the villain. And you said so yourself, Mambo. So. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I know. Before I make a trade with the uh, the Boondocks uh, Striders, I'm going to definitely need at least a lunch. Okay. Sure. Um, this That's is all I got. Huh? And a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Quick question for the Mambo. Um, Are we going back to the press conference thing? Because it's not no, going to no. go well. No. Okay, this is the pod. Um, if our roles had been reversed and Brees had gotten injured, would you have made a couple jokes but actually felt bad? Um, possibly. Possibly. Okay. Let's just ask. I mean, it's definitely, you're winning that trade. I mean, you took me. Did you feel good about it? Even lose this woman? No. Richardson's out for the season. And I Are you shitting me? He's out for the season. Yeah, surgery. Awesome. So I got totally fucked on it. I'm not even. But you didn't even get dinner out of it. No, I asked. That was the last question from the Boondock Bugle. I would love to. Never mind. All right, uh, moving on. Can you say villain? Oh, now now that he's out for the season. Yeah, I won't trade with him again. Mark it. No, mark it down. Don't even. Su- last night, what were you doing? Say it. I offered you a trade. Yeah, he offered me a trade. Don't ever do it again. Don't, <laughs> don't ever do it again. I'm not trading with you. I can't believe I'm going to say it, but Steve, you were right. You were right. I'm not trading with you. This is not. I'm right. out. This is not where right. I thought this, this is your fault. This is not where I thought this would go. Oh, you didn't think that was going to go there when he told me he was out for the season? Well, no. I mean, I didn't think I would oh, be thanks for uh Thanks for breaking me in with the, the yeah. Just unreal. Hey, get the ski mask. I don't want the ski mask. You got it. You don't want it. Hey, can you hop on, uh, hop on Amazon and get a ski mask for Trump? I will. I'm not putting it on my face. All right, we're going to skip Lions talk because I got to go real quick. Um, they're going to finish the pod without me today. Um, so just kind of a weird trend that I've been noticing, and I wanted your guys' thought is like, what the heck is going on with Arby's? Excuse me. Like, if you look at the draft board, there's problems with every single running back out there. I would say perhaps the most foolproof running back as of, like, this recording this year is ETN in the third. He's been awesome. He's getting a ton of usage. And you can't really say the same thing about anybody else. You can say for McCaffrey. All right, but McCaffrey's dinged up right now. Yeah, he's dinged up. You know? So, like, 
just looking at it, all these running backs that we thought were awesome and have been drafted super high, like there's at least one problem with all of them. Eckler, hurt all the time. And they can't run the ball. Right? I honestly thought the other guy looked better off the swing passes and stuff. That's when I posted Eckler's overrated. Yeah. Did it have anything to do with you facing him in fantasy? Uh, no, but I was I was like, <laughs> I'm scared of this dude. And then I watch him play, and I'm like, what am I scared of? Yeah. He's a midget. Well, looking at the running backs, it really looks like the, the very number one trait that you need is availability. I mean, stay out of here. Here we oh, go. Oh, 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 his own guy. For the first round. Yeah. Uh, availability, availability and touches. Yes. yes. I agree 100%. You know, and that would be something that touches would be something that dings Bijan. Right? You probably drafted Bijan expecting him to get 70% of the well, touches. We'll see Bijan for the worry. Okay. Okay. Uh, Chubb, hurt. Pollard, hasn't been good. Saquon, hurt. Henry, hasn't been good. Jacobs, inefficient. Mixon, same thing. Ramondre, losing the backfield to Zeke. I just, like, are you guys curious about this at all? Like, it just seems like every running back out there has an asterisk. I'm not even, I'm not even surprised by it because this is the exact reason why they don't want to pay him. Because there's, there is a bunch of six foot, 225 pound guys that are fast and athletic, and that's what a running back is. Okay. Any thoughts? Good running back stays on the field. I mean, running back by committee, but a good running back stays on the field. Yeah. That's why I just said by Pollard might be one of the best first round uh, running back picks because he's on the field. He is. He's an every down back. He's on the field, not producing for your fantasy team. Well, but he's giving he's getting opportunity, and is he? Yeah. I, I understand what he's saying. I, I, but I don't disagree with, 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 with what Pollard's done this year. You're disappointed. Is that is that a fair take? But are you more disappointed in Pollard or Eckler? So maybe it's just that the standard needs to be lowered as to what a successful season for a running back is. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the league does next year with drafting. Yeah. For sure. Um, I'm going to leave Lions talk for you guys for the end. Okay. Um, this will be my last segment for the day, the worry meter. Um, so we're going to go through uh, 10 is most worried, 1 is least worried, and we're just going to go through three players. And I understand this isn't going to be popular. This is controversial. And I'm going to get roasted for it, but I put Bijan on the list. And we'll start with, do you want to start with the owner of Bijan, or do you want to go with the Benzers first or the Mambo? I'll go. Okay. So Bijan, to me, I honestly believe his productivity is being affected. You're, you're talking because Algier is out-touching him. Sure. Is he out-touching him? Yes. No, he's not. Okay, the last two weeks, yes. Uh, not, not this last week. They so, both had 13 carries, and Bijan had eight, count them, eight targets and five catches. Algier had one and zero. So Bijan had 18 touches, 21 opportunities. So I, I don't say that he's being outtouched. Right. So I guess I think that the concern is is that he's still in a, a largely considered even share with Algier. And I think a lot of people assumed that Bijan was going to be getting 70% of the carries right now, and he's not. And I don't know if he's going to. And the reason why is how good is Atlanta? Not Great. Not good. So, well, I mean, then maybe they will uptick it. I don't know, but Algier doesn't look bad. Bijan hasn't necessarily looked great either. So, I mean, I'm not my worry meter, and we go zero is none, 10 is 100% based 
abandoned ship, I'm going to say like a four. I'm not really concerned about Bijan. I thought he'd be doing more, but much like Jameer Gibbs, he's not. So, Yeah, I'll go next since he's, on, uh, since he's my guy. Um, and I still think that he's a top five back in the league. I mean, he's been below 10 points once. Uh, his high 19. He's averaging about 14 a game. On this last uh, on this last week, he had 13 carries and five receptions on eight targets. The week before that, he had 14 with two receptions on two targets. His touches are always over 15 and sometimes over 20. I'm not worried about him at all. Hey, keep the man fresh. I want him for the whole season. I don't want to burn him out. I mean, he's staying on the field. He's giving me double-digit production. Yeah, you're happy because you're winning. We just talked about all of the all of the running backs that uh, were whipped in the first, second, and third round, and he's performing. Now, is he performing as well as I want him to? No, but he's consistently giving me points. And in this what environment... Score, what do you score this week? I'm just playing a little devil's advocate. 10.5. Okay. Are you telling me that it, that you wouldn't have preferred to have, have that dub and have him go for 15 or 20? Oh, I mean, he underachieved and you lost. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying panic. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. You know, be doing better. Yeah. You know, would I like to see him have 20 to 25 targets every week or touches? Absolutely. But, you know, in this environment with wide or running backs, I'm not worried at all. The man's young. He's gifted. He's talented. And it was game script. They threw the ball 40 sometimes. Yeah. So my worry meter is two. I have to question, you know, the guy comes out of college, high draft, high draft in our league. He's supposed to be a generational talent. It's not panning out. He's in a running back by committee. I mean, if he's a generational talent, he shouldn't be in a committee. That's fair. I mean, and he should not only be running that, but he should be catching it. And he should be like, well, we got two, uh, People up there, McCaffrey and Barkley. I mean, they came right out. They weren't any running back by committees. Hmm. McCaffrey was his first year. Yeah. With, um, who was that guy? Jonathan Stewart. So I'd, I'd have to put my worry meter at about five. No one's around. It wasn't D'Angelo. That's who I think it was. Stewart. It was Stewart. Stewart started with D'Angelo. D'Angelo went to Stewart. Pittsburgh. Stewart Remember? finished his career in Detroit. Jonathan Stewart? Yes. I don't remember that. Didn't he? Okay. Stewart? I don't think so. What? what, All right. We'll we'll, we'll discuss later. This Jonathan Stewart topic brought to you by (laughs) Campbell's Chunky. Um, Bijan's probably four for me. He's not producing like I thought he would. He's not getting as many touches as I thought he would. Not super worried about him. Algier's always going to be a thorn in his side, but he's a great player. He's a great player. I just think it's it, this. This is more of a call of what's going on with running backs as a topic than what's wrong with Bijan. I like Uncle Mike's perspective on this, though. He is supposed to be a generational talent, and running backs don't have a huge shelf life. Why aren't they giving him the ball more? Same thing with Gibbs, by the way. Yes, it's fair. Um, the next one I have, James Cook. Go ahead. I, love, I like James Cook. I mean, that's a, he's undersized, but he's an explosive player. Uh, he's, I don't think he's going to be durable because of the size, though. So that, but uh, man, he's an explosive player. 
I'd, but I'm middle of the road on him too. Okay. But I would have taken him on my team. I'd still take him on my team. Okay. There it is. Either of you guys, do you want me to go? Uh, go ahead. Yeah. It's like a seven or eight for me. He's consistently losing touches to the other guys there. I know one of them just had a neck sprain. Um, I think Latavius Murray is the other guy there. He's getting a lot of the goal line work. Who, again, is huge. Yeah. He's a big dude. And it's just, it's a little concerning. So it's a, it, I'm, I'm worried about James Cook. He's seen his snap percentage and his usage go down as the seasons wore on. Yeah. Um, and, love the talent. Think he should play more. Yeah. But it's not what we're seeing. And I'm kind of along the same lines. I, but my panic meter isn't as high because I honestly, I honestly never thought he was going to be that good. I, I mean, it doesn't have size. Yeah. How, I think he's like Delvin Cook minor. Older brother. Yeah. That's what I mean. I okay. think he's Delvin, but not as much. No, no, he's uh, he's probably like uh, the player on my team, uh, DeAndre Swift. I mean, the guy's a talent when he's healthy, but due to his size, can he stay healthy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. my problem with him is he's getting plenty of rushing attempts for the most part. You know, he's getting over ten rushing attempts almost every week, but one. My problem is is his usage in the receiving department. His targets have went down and his receptions have went down steadily throughout the season. And in that offense, man, you better be able to catch the ball a little bit. He's only scored 11 points in the last two weeks combined, um, which is a little scary. But for a fifth round, fifth or sixth round pick, it's kind of what you expect. So he is what he is. And uh, I'm going to say my worry meter is like a four because he is what we expect him to be. Exactly. So... All right, next on the worry meter is Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. So, um, to me, you want me to go first, Adam? Yeah, because I got to pull him up. Okay, Devontae, to me, I, I think you get this with elite wide receivers, especially elite wide receivers who are having um, the, the offense that isn't great. Is he still that premier talent? Yes. Is he getting? Is he scoring and getting the touches like we thought he was going to? No. Would I still take him over Ridley, which was a trade earlier this year between the big dogs and the young guns? They swapped Ridley for Devontae. I'm still taking Devontae there. Worry meter, though, because I don't necessarily think he's happy there because I've heard rumblings that he wants to play for a title. He wants to play for, you know, he wants to have his chance. So being a little bit of a, a malcontent could worry me, but I, in general, I think Devontae's a special talent. I think he's going to be there at the end of the day for somebody who's got him now. It's, uh, is it still Austin? Uh, I think yeah, so. Big Dog's still got him. I think Big Dog's are still safe. I'm going to go I'm going to go four. You're going to go four? Yeah. You know, I think of Devontae. I think it's, I don't worry about him at all. I mean, right now, he's the number seven wide receiver for scoring in the entire league. So, he's put up good production, it's his quarterback situation that I'm worried about because who's, who's delivering the ball out there? Because Garoppolo is not the best. And um, is he on the field? He seems like he's had a health problem. That's right. So, you know, that becomes the question for the whole offense is who's the quarterback out there? Um, I think it's going to – Devontae, what worries about me, if anything, is the fact that I feel like he's either a home run hitter where his ceiling's super high or it's super low. Um, and that's really the biggest change for me. He's going to score. He just might not give you the consistency that you really want as a, as a manager. But, yeah, I'd love to have him on my team. 
I, I agree with that. I mean, uh, Devante, I mean, he's proven for years he's fearless. He's got good hands. He's got good desire. He plays hard. He runs good routes. He needs somebody to throw to him. Yeah, he's a pro's pro. Yeah. He commands yeah. the ball. He, he's a great player. He just don't have anybody to throw to him. And I do. Then Jimmy G, he got yanked out of the game again. He's like, he's like a game manager. I just don't know if he's the guy that is going to take a team anywhere. Has he ever, Jimmy G, real quick, has he ever won anything? There's a reason why he's been on three teams. Yeah. I'm Bel- just, Belichick saw it right from the beginning. He traded him quick. Yeah. Got top dollar for him, too. Yeah. Snake off. Yep. Where's, where's the boondock? Yeah. He had to go. <laughs> Shut up. Stop. <laughs> he's not here anymore. Um, okay, so that brings us to the trade review. And it was the Mambo traded Aaron Jones and Delvin Cook for Roshan Johnson and Mike Evans. So I'll go first. It was my trade. Um, I didn't, I'm not sure about Aaron Jones' hammy. I, I know he came out week one and he looked lights out. But I don't know about that offense either. So I just got a little bit cold feet on Aaron Jones. And uh, he offered me that trade, and we had gone back and forth for a while on a bunch of different combinations, and we ended up on it. I wanted to get Mike Evans. I, I like Mike Evans. I want him on my team. I think he's a good player. I like the way he plays the game. And then Roshan is one of those uh, guys that I'm kind of, you know, how I like my running backs. So I tucked him away on my bench for when he comes back healthy. I think he could be a player there. Again, that offense sucks, but Chicago's not going anywhere. But at the end of the day, if Justin Fields can't pass, then they're going to have to run the ball. And I, I think he's a good talent. So um, we'll see. I may have got pantsed again here. I don't know. If, if Aaron Jones comes out and uh, and dominates like he did week one, then I got pants because Mike Evans is, I'm hoping for 15 a game out of him. You know? so, and that's you know 10 to 15 a game. But I mean, I like the trade still. I'm still glad I did it. I'm worried about some snake oil here, you know, and I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by he dished it out. I mean, it's a great trade for the boondocks because, A, he's got the upside of Jones, and if he's playing, he's got upside. But the biggest thing is is he got cooked, too, and that's his his emergency stash in case something happens to the guy in front of him. And, uh, and when you got a good team, and the snake oil salesman does, um, it's nice to have that stats in your back pocket. Too. He was working me all week trying to get me to give him something for Bigsby, and then he cut him this morning. <laughs> all week he was like, "Dude, you need Bigsby. You need Bigsby. Come on, throw something in for Bigsby." And then he cuts him. Yeah. And to be honest with you, he was asking for Laporta. <laughs> yeah, tank, tank's not going to do anything. Oh, man, I tell you what, but you know, he also I with Roshan. You know, he is a rookie, um, and I think he's going to he's going to be on the field more now, uh, which is good. Good kudos he's to you. Help. Because he's good in pass protect. And they're going to, if you saw how their quarterback got beat up this last week and got hurt, they're going to need better pass protection. That also means he might not be going out for routes. They might keep him in. But, hey, you're talking about young running backs uh, that you got to see what they got. He's somebody. So he might be better for you than you think. But I do think you, you, you bought high on that. I did. I did. So, But that's my take I like uh, I like Evans. He's a China doll, but I like him. He's an old China doll. Well, look at uh, look at Aaron. He's an old running back that doesn't like to play injured. 
I'd, uh, I'd have to say uh, Evans got more upside. But look, as you said, it was a good move by the, the Striders to uh, stash him in because when he is healthy and he plays, he can get he can get some major scores in. True. So, but I think uh, I think over the season, I'd rather have Mike Evans than uh, Aaron Jones. I like that. Yeah. All right. Now we're on the week look ahead. So let's see what that looks like. We're pulling that up right now. Uh, we'll just start off with the way they got them listed, and the number one game. Um, not this isn't game of the week or nothing. We need to decide that after we go through them, I guess. That's how easy sure. Trevor usually picks it, but he's not here. So, um, so the first game that comes up on mine is Scott's team versus me, the Mambo. And um, Scott's team doesn't have much of his lineup put in right now, so it's going to be hard to stay. But I'm just going to go ahead and instill myself as a heavy favorite here since his team sucks, and we'll move on. <laughs> Unless you guys got something to say about this matchup, but I mean. Uh, he's one in five. I'm four and two on a three game win streak. Yeah. I mean, I'm not real concerned here. Let's just do what we're supposed to do. In the he's got some good players on. Uh... Yeah. Um, next up, this one could be interesting. And and Benzer's kind of in the same boat here. It's Young Guns Benzer's. Oh. Um, you want to break this one down, Angels? Sure. I'm just looking at it. I uh, pulled it up right now. Burrow's off this week. McCafferty's hurt. Adam Thielen's off this week for uh, for the reigning champion. Uh, so he's got some major buy issues, and the young guns don't have any, although he's got to worry about T-Law being hurt. Dolphins are off this week, too. Or, wait, no, they're not. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say they're they not. They just don't have a score in for them. So, I mean, so uh, the young guns might have to put in Sam Howell, which is a little bit scary. Is but, it? Uh, Have you looked at He's been over 20 the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, that's going to even the playing field. I mean, Jamar Gibbs coming back is going to be uh, uh, a nice little uh, flower in uh, in uh, the Benzer's bouquet. So, uh, I think the buys might make it a little closer. But, uh, yeah, that's why we play the games. It's going to be an interesting game. I, I, that could be potential game of the week. Uh, next one is, uh, well... Um, Benzers, do you have anything to say about your matchup? Uh, I'm worried about my running backs. I'm in good shape with, even though Burroughs is on by, I got a good quarterback. I think I think this is uh, another win in the Benzers' uh, record this year. This he likes year. his chances. I don't blame him. I don't blame you at all. Boondock Striders and the Patriarchs. It's a, it's a, it's a, that should be the game of the week right there. I'll tell you what, it might be. You got a 6-0 and versus a 4-2. and I mean, Trevor's kind of the game of the week till he loses, I feel like. I, uh, I got I to say that. This is, this, is, this is a matchup. I like this. Trevor's got Brees Hall on by, too. And David Montgomery's hurt. And Montgomery's hurt. So he's got serious – oh, and Cook's on by, too, because he's with Brees. So oh. he's literally going to be running Zach, Zach Charbonnet and Mo- Zach Moss. Zach Moss. Zach Moss isn't a bad uh, – Bad running back to have right now. No, yeah, but boy, he's in a platoon still. See how fast uh, his uh, stable mate gets off the speed. Well, he's got Herbert against Kansas City, though, and you know they're going to be throwing. Ooh. Yeah, they're going to have to throw the ball. You know, uh, you Hurts know, has Miami, though. You know, uh, I'll take Hurts all day long. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, they're going to have a good good strategy, good D against uh, 
Oh, for sure. Hey bear. Yeah. Pervert. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be, this is an interesting matchup. Uh, KC's defense is coming on. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's an interesting matchup there. I don't know who's going to win that one. Yeah. I think, I I think this can. Yeah. I kind of want that because I want Trevor to be undefeated in week 11 so I can just, Snake that from him. I don't know if he gets by on this. Plus, I need him to beat Jem. I don't know. Jem's got the tiebreaker on me. I don't know if he gets by her. I don't know if he's going to. He's got a strong team and he's got. uh, And she's she's playing well. And he's got buy issues. He's got real issues. Um, Next up, the bad guys and the Flint Tropics. Um, Bad guys and the Flint Tropics? Pull that up. Yeah, I mean, it's. They both have illegal lineups. They do, but. you know, the, the bad guys has got a couple of people on by. Uh, got Dalton Schultz and Damian Pierce. I mean, it might be a good thing that he's on by. I mean, with the way he's been playing. Been kind of ugly. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of a nondescript team between two uh, low-end teams. Yeah, two and, and four versus two and four. Um, they don't have much to say about it. Not much going on there, is there? Um, the Rockies and the Angels. Ooh, a grudge man. steps in against the five-time champ. You know, I thought I had an easy win last week, and look what happens. And I can't even uh, see his lineup. Yeah. He's completely illegal. What do you do? Cut somebody again? I honestly, I will, I will kicker gate him. <laughs> I honestly do not know. Rocky, but Rocky always waits till the last minute, as yeah. some other team does. Yeah, to put in their players. I don't know who yeah, well, I wouldn't know neither. <laughs> Draws a blank on me. <laughs> I haven't really, you know, I just got back from vacation, so I haven't really looked at my uh, my lineup. But I've got a deep team now, so I'm pretty comfortable being able to fill in for people. I just got to make sure I pick the right stupid quarterback. I mean, that's been my uh, Achilles heel this year. But yeah. uh, hey, I'll take uh, I'll take my boy in Miami, must start Moster because uh, he's been special. For Man, me. he looked good last week. Holy cow, he's been special for me. Uh, last game is. Uh, formerly known as You Mad Kurt against the Big Dogs. So Hillbillies and the Big Dogs. You got a three and three against a three and three. So this is a solid game. I mean, Both teams are playoff contending too. I feel like it's the Big Dogs versus the uh, versus uh, Steve McGuire's team. Yeah, <laughs> that big that, and I, I'm still getting used to that. But uh, well, you gotta you gotta say that uh, the big dogs is the favorite in this one. I mean, all the metrics point towards him. He, you know, he's lost some games where he scored a lot of points this year, and he's got a good team. Big so, dogs got a great team. They yeah. got one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. They do, but I don't love how he's so tied to the Chiefs because for all much we love the Chiefs' offense, it hasn't really been that high powered this year. You know what I'm saying? Over it's, there. It's, so. Kelsey like, and Mahomes, that's a, that's a championship winner for you, though. It, it potentially is. And I don't – I mean, look, I've said all year, he, Austin's got – the big well, dogs are barking. You if, know? if Kelsey wasn't in the love story, he'd probably be doing better. Yeah, I agree with that. He might be up there with the Striders uh, with zero losses. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he's been snake for a little bit. So we'll go game of the week. We decided – the, Striders and Patriarchs. Striders and Patriarchs. That's going to be a good one. So that will be the one to watch. Are we gonna a little extra info on that. Yeah, we gonna pick the, who we think is going to win straight up. Yeah, I'll do it. We can't tell. I put you want to go first? No, go ahead because I, I think you were you were alluding to this earlier. Oh yeah, I uh, you know I think it's a great game and uh, the Patriarchs are better than I thought they would be at the beginning of the season. And kudos for her. 
Um, I'm taking the Patriarchs. I think they're going to hand them uh, the first loss of the season. Um, I wish that was me last week, but hey, that's why we play the game. Yeah, I'll jump on board on this again. He squeaked by by the skin of his pants last week. With the buy issues and the Patriarchs are playing strong, I'm going to go with the Patriarchs as well. I don't see see him winning this game. I got to be a homer. I just got to go with my girl, the Patriarchs. Yeah. You know, sort of like uh, going rooting for the Lions every week. It's too bad the Boondock Striders isn't here to defend himself. Well, I don't know if you disagree. I mean, the bottom line is, is we can just say it. He's six and always going for the perfect season. I mean, when you when you get to six, to me, it's like, okay, you can envision this. Because you only got to get to, what do we have, 15 games? Yeah, 16. 16. So he's still got 10 weeks to go. But, I mean – I remember when I was in this position, and I like to talk about it a lot. I was undefeated all the way through. I beat everybody consecutively. There's no better feeling. So um, I wish him the best on it, but I think he's going down. you got to give him kudos for being unbeaten with this high-scoring league. Yeah. You never, you never know which quarterback or which wide receiver is going to go off. Yeah. I mean, so it, it is pretty impressive. It is. Six uh, and zero's. Zero losses. Yeah. And he's and is dominating his division. Somebody could still come for the wild card out of Wait, uh, well, is it, is it, isn't there some uh, four and two teams in this division? Uh, what? I think there's three, four, and two in the East. Yeah. No, he is uh, six and oh, and then the Hillbillies are three and three. But I think the Hillbillies are still in contention for a wild card. I mean, the four and two teams are the wild card leaders right now. He's three and three. So Bill could still, I mean, I have a hard time thinking he's going to make up three games on Trev. But if he wins this week, you know, it'd have to start now because that's a, it's a hard one. But, uh, yeah, stranglehold on his division for Trev there, I would think. But, you know, and he's scoring a lot of points. You can count him out as wild card. Wild card's coming out of the central. Either okay. be the big dogs or the Benzers. Really? Okay. Dang right. All right. Well, it's, yeah. it's the wild card race is by no means over. It's a tight race. It's just starting up. It's just starting up. Yeah, but there's you know, so um, Lions is the last segment of the day, and you didn't even get a chance to watch the game Sunday. So I was in the talk about Boondocks. I was in the Canadian Boondocks. Yeah. So um, man, what a absolutely epic win for us, and you know, to me. It's like I didn't they that the way they won that game, I never would have imagined that it would go down like that. Jared Goff won the game by being just the, the most accurate, exceptional, poised passer that I've ever seen him be. And we couldn't run the ball to save our life, but the Lions are that team. They just find a way to get it done. And this is just my quick statement on it, and I'll give it up to you guys. But I heard this on the radio on the, I think it was Blenny show. A guy called in and he said, you know, everybody made fun of Dan Campbell about talking about biting people's kneecaps. And if you got one ass cheek or three toes, we don't care. But that's who this team is. That is who this team is. They don't care. They're there next man up and we're all going to fight. And everybody on the team has that same attitude. And when you play like a team like that, you can beat teams on the road that are Tampa Bay is a good football team. That was a playoff atmosphere. We couldn't run the ball. They were winning in the trenches on both sides. We just found a way to get it done. I, I couldn't be a bigger Lions fan coming out of that game. Well, the Lions believe. They're playing hard. They, they got 
they're they're all a bunch of Dan Campbells. Yeah. And I like to see them play hard. I like to see them support each other. I like to see the Lions finally ran as a business instead of a country club. Yeah. You know, the the current ownership, it's a business. Now will you go have a drink with me? Yeah. I want to be a successful business person. Mm-hmm. And I still like what I, I, I still love them moving one guy. Don't get me wrong. He can't take credit for the success. But didn't they have some linebacker that they uh, have up in their upper offices that oh, was yeah, just buddy. a stud, just a stud when he played. Mm-hmm. So they got that, they got that with their coach. And now they got that same mentality up in their, uh, up in their head office. Yeah. And you're referring you referring know, to Chris Fielman. I'm the, uh, that's exactly who, and I, I hate rooting for a boy that used to play for Ohio State. Ah. But you got to give you got to give credit where credit is due. He's a, he's a lion. He, he, he yes. was a football player's football. Player. Yes, he yeah. was. Yeah. And you want that kind of guy who, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, me for the Lions, and you know, I didn't get to witness this last uh, this last week, so I'm going to have to ask a question to you. Uh, the thing that I'm most excited about them is that they can win games in different ways, mm-hmm. and I think that's a, that's the hallmark of a good team. I mean, they can win a shootout. They can also, if, if they have to, but they can also grind it. They can take what the other team gives them, and they can win with it. Whether it's Jared Goff passing it or Montgomery running the ball, however many times he did the one week, uh, they can win in different ways. And I think that's the hallmark of a good team. But the one question that I really, and it's scary now for me, that I'm seeing national pundits rank them top three, and I even saw one that ranked them, the number one team in the NFL in the power rankings. And that kind of scares me a little bit, and I hope it doesn't go to their heads, but I don't think it will. But my thing that I have to ask you guys is, since you watched the game, is was that really the de- – was the defense for real or was the six points abnormal and they should have scored more? How, did, how was the defense? Because I really can't say. I know they only scored six points against us, but – I think I think the defense is a little concerning, but I think they're playing well. And once again, I think they believe and I think they play hard. But can they be scored against? Yes. But, you know, with the Lions, it's one of those teams any given Sunday. They can beat anybody. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I understand that sentiment. And I'm going to say this. They did it without Brian Branch. Um they did it without C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who potentially could be back by the playoffs. To me, they're the number one rush defense in the NFL. That's not smoke and mirrors. That's not you're, not you're not scheming your way to the number one rush defense. We got good linebacker play right now. We have corners and, and safeties that aren't afraid to come up and play the run. Am I concerned that we could get Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf one more time? Yeah, I am. So I do have the same concerns Uncle Mike has, but – because that game, they threw the ball on us, and they they and then they beat us because of it. You know, they had a bunch of yards through the air. Um, so I'm a little concerned, but I honestly think that the defense, as the weeks go on, and we have another big test against a running quarterback this week, I think that they're gelling more, and I'm becoming less concerned about it. So, um, but, you know, as far as the Lions go, there's one thing that I would like to point out. Power rankings for the Detroit Lions. And this thing is saying that Sports Illustrated has them ranked number one. Uh, so does Steve Smith. 
ESPN has them at fifth. And then Pro Football Network. Just going to go ahead and drop them in at seventh. Almost everybody, almost, almost everybody has them in the top five. Yeah. And that's without, uh, we didn't even have David, Mon- David Montgomery. We win the game. We win the game. I don't get it. By two and that's the other thing. We're just beating people's asses. We're just beating their asses. So um, you want to pick this week's game? Ravens, their Lions are, uh, Ravens are favored by three. It's in Baltimore. Well, hey, right before I left for, uh, for my vacation, I picked this game as a loss. I picked last week. I, yeah, I picked the Ravens taking them. And I, thought, I thought it was a trap game on back-to-back away games. Um, I am a little worried about a mobile quarterback being able to eat him up. I mean, if Mahomes runs on us like he did, um, I am worried about uh, about Lamar being able to run, but I'm not worried about Lamar with the dink and dunk either. But I, I still think the Lions are going to lose this game. I mean, uh, I, I picked it that way last week, and I and I think it's a trap game. I uh, no, I, I think the Lions, uh, you know, their their strengths on their defenses, as we talked about, it's their linebacker and their. Uh, their rush, they're going to contain Lamar Jackson, and that's going. That's what's going to let them win this game. I hope you're right. And plus, my boy uh, Gibbs is going to come back and just have an awesome game. We need it too, huh? If we need it, I was going to actually mention that if J- Jamar Gibbs plays, I think we win the game. If we don't have Gibbs, I don't think Craig Reynolds is enough to win against the Ravens. I think we can beat the Pack. We can beat Chicago. We can beat Minnesota. With Craig. Come on, Craig. But we can't. I don't think we're beaten. The Ravens have a great defense. It's going to be just like playing uh, them again in their secondary. It's going to be just like playing Tampa Bay with a better secondary. I think we win the game. And I think we win it 27 to 10. I think our defense is going to contain Lamar Jackson. They're not going to be able to move the ball on us. And our offense is going to do just enough to win. I like it with a defensive yeah. score, too. What's our linebackers going to do with their tight end? Oh, Mark Andrews? I, I think our linebackers are, are going to get him. And, I think and, they're going to put this Campbell kid on him, our, our oh, yeah. awesome rookie. I think he's I think he's up to the task. Let's go. I think we're going to Tracy contain Walker, both the quarterback and the tight end. Yep. Without Brian Branch, again, it looks like. I don't think he's going to play. And it's definitely that that we know our starting running backs out, but we're hoping we're getting Gibbs back. And um, I don't know. I'm super excited about the game. Isn't it nice that that this Lions team actually has the depth that they can actually step somebody for that extra week and not rush them back mm-hmm. just to make sure that they're fully healthy? I mean, they're winning, and they're winning with people that are hurt, and the next guy just steps up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you gotta you got to like that. Oh, this, the, the rookie Lions linebacker that we had last year that was so big in uh, in the HBO show that they did. Martinez? Yeah. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah. Rodriguez, yes. How about that? That he's not even on the field on defense. I don't think he's played a snap all year. He's only a special teamer now. That's how much better we are. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love it. But yeah, so we're super excited about that. Um, so I guess that's, that's about it. You guys got anything you want to add before we close her up? No, I'm. Uh, I, think I, I think I already had that with uh, uh, our uh, number one villain. Yeah, I mean uh, that's that's where it's at for me. Uncle Mike, anything? Honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. I mean, oh, being a guest on HFFL. 
podcast. And we're at 55 minutes, by the way, long form. But we, when we decided to go down to one pod, we knew this was going to happen. But under an hour, that's the golf ball. We, yeah, and we did it. So, hey, uh, hope everybody's doing well. And we are going to see you on well, next week, next I guess. Week? All right. Good luck, everybody, this weekend. And adios. Go Patriarchs. <laughs> see you guys.